Hey there, welcome back to the Path to Zion podcast where we are rediscovering the ancient way around here. We have got a lot to talk about today. We're just going to get right to it. This is the Olam series and there is a ton of content that has been compiled over the last several weeks. It's one of those things I'd sit down, I'd type a couple pages and then I'd type a couple more pages and then I'd go back to the first set of pages and I'd add some more. And so this topic is, is, is surprisingly huge. And, and, and basically, for a very, very quick rundown, we are going to pose a question. When we examine this word olam in Hebrew, does it mean what it says or not? Is its meaning and the understanding of, of olam, does it mean what it says or does it mean something else? And so let's go ahead and get right to it. This will be several parts. I will tell you right now. Um, this we may just do hour-long segments. I don't know. My wife suggested I just do hour-long on these longer um, series, and so we'll just kind of see how it flows and how it goes. Thank you for watching. So olam, okay? Now throughout the Older Testament, a reader will see this word in Hebrew, olam. It will show up very, very frequently, um, over 400 times, in fact. And in light of the average appearance of most biblical words, this is tremendous regularity. You could look up a, a number of words and find how many times they appear, of course, throughout the biblical texts. And most, most commentaries and Bible study tools will tell you how many times they show up. Now, a quick search of Olam, is, is, it is literally scattered all over the Older Testament. It is in the Psalms with incredible regularity. Uh, and so what is this word, if you don't know already? And, and, and what does it mean um, when we think about how prevalently it's used in order to establish what I will present to you is, is Yahweh's plan for his people? Um, so olam in Hebrew, everlasting, perpetual, indefinite, continuous, unending, Eternal and forever are just a few of the uses for olam, O-L-A-M. And I've arrived at the best understanding of the word to be in perpetuity. I believe that is the best application across the board when we see this word olam appear in, in the word of Elohim, um, in perpetuity. Um, it is used biblically to constantly reveal Yahweh's unending pursuit of covenantally joining himself with humanity. Okay? That's kind of a mouthful. We'll repeat it. Olam, in perpetuity, forever, continuous, unending, eternal, and forever, it is most often used to show, reveal, Yahweh's unending pursuit of his covenantal ways to humanity, to a people who who will join themselves to his, his ways in, per, in perpetuity and thereby become his covenantal people, his family. Um, it's inseparable from time, this word olam. Um, it is an ongoing endeavor. Olam, in perpetuity, as you would expect, reveals itself in different ways and different forms throughout the timeline of history. Um, time and time and time again, we see Father's desire to establish a capital P people. And we talk about that a lot here, of course, on the program, about Yahweh's desiring a family. He's desiring a people. And this is no new idea. This is no new covenant idea. This is no 
um, idea that Jesus came up with and instituted on the earth. This is nothing that the Catholic Church kind of delivered to humanity to become a people. This is an Olam reality. This is an ancient time reality in perpetuity that Father has been desiring um, in his heart for, for all of time. Now, it's most frequently used to signify an act of Yahweh, such as, such as a sign or a covenant. We are going to really hit this hard and heavy from the very beginning. Um, or on occasion, something else related to a command for his set-apart people to forever remember something like Sabbath or the luminaries. Um, both are things that we will explore in this series. Sabbath we'll get to probably in the next part or two, um, and maybe in this one, depending on the pace that we go. Um, but the entire point of exploring this word specifically for the series is to ask a simple question. Does the word olam really mean eternal? Does it really mean forever? Does it really mean in perpetuity? Um, and if it does, how do we hold that? When we read it in Scripture, again, because it's over 400 times in the word, when we see that word olam used, what do we do with it? Do we, I'll answer the question before I ask it. Yes, we do this. We have been handed this in Christian doctrine. We choose what is olam, and we choose what is not olam. We categorize, we dispensationalize, I think I just made up that word. We take something that was told to us in the word of Elohim to be in perpetuity, olam, for his set-apart people, and we look at it through a Christian lens of, of New Age doctrine, really. And we decide if that's really for us or not. If we believe it's applicable to us because that's the way it's been told to us, then it will remain, and then we call it forever. But if it's something that we have been told and led to believe is not for us, that's not really olam. That's not really in perpetuity for us. Um, and that's really the main point of this, is, is asking the question, can I, um, that's my attempt prayerfully to do so, I've spent many hours on this, and, and if Father will be good to us and allow us eyes to see, I want to paint a picture that will present via the word of Elohim alone, does forever mean forever or not? Does in perpetuity for all generations mean all generations or not? Um, and identity is going to come front and center, as, as it always does. And we will get to that, of course, as well. So what place does Olam have in our lives? When we read the scriptures, I'll ask you this question. When you read about Abraham, when you read about Noah, when you read about these men of faith who went before us, and they said, or whether it's a prophet even, let's say it's a prophet, and they say, thus says Yahweh Elohim, for all perpetual olam generations. What do you do with that? Do you read the text and then decide whether or not that's for you or not? Do you just move past it and just casually say, well, forever's forever. I don't know if it's me and don't really care. Do you say, well, that was for this um, dispensation of people, and that's for this dispensation of people, and that's for this dispensation of people, and like we 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 choose to eliminate ourselves because that's not something that really I understand or I don't want to do or I don't believe is applicable to me, like food laws or the Sabbath. 
Well, that's not for me, so that's not really olam. That's not really forever. That's forever for the Jews. <laughs> um, but that's not what the word says. And so what do we do with that? We're going to ask a lot of questions as we move along. Now, here in my personal life, I've been walking through um, a, a wonderful, very small group of people through the book of Genesis. Um, we started a a series, if you want to call it that, in a Bible study setting that we already do, where we call it Journeying Through the Old Testament. And we, of course, started Genesis 1-1. Um, and over six months now, we finally got to Genesis chapter 9 last week. Um, so in this area of Scripture, um, we find the happenings that immediately follow the flood event. And that's where this Olam um, series was birthed, was was in my compilation of notes examining um, Gen Genesis chapter 9, I started looking at and finding this word olam in the text in Genesis. And so I started desiring to have more understanding for that myself. And I really felt like that the, the events of Genesis chapter 9 lay a foundational groundwork for an understanding of olam. Um, and I'll, we'll, we'll move there now. Let's just go ahead and read what I have written here so we stay on track, okay? After blessing Noah and his sons, Yahweh speaks to Noah about a covenant that he's going to set in place for all of humanity that's going to come from his line. I anybody here in Noah's line? Everybody raise their hands. And although first mention of Olam is all the way back here in Genesis, um, we see this appear when it's talking about a covenant that Yahweh himself is instating. Yahweh is, is, the, is the creator of the covenant, the, the instigator. And as a sign for this covenant, a sign is very, very key, and we will get to that in more measure here in a few minutes. This ot, ot, I'm trying to say it as you're supposed to in Hebrew. You, you could spell it out and say it better than me, probably. O-W-T-H is the way it sounds. Um but this sign is what? We know the account. It is a bow in the clouds. Yahweh himself sets a sign in the sky to be a reminder for himself of what? Of a covenant. Now, this word olam here in this text appears twice in verses 12 and 16. In verse 12, we see this. Then Elohim said, this is the sign, the rainbow, of the covenant that I am making between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all perpetual generations. Okay? For all perpetual generations, perpetual here is our first discussion that we're bringing in uh, to the mix of Scripture for Olam. And so for all Olam generations, this bow that I'm hanging in the cloud, says Yahweh Elohim, will be a sign, a a a marker to remind me of this perpetual covenant in perpetuity that I'm making with Noah and his seed. Okay? Perpetual here, translated, is for all generations, unending and eternal. Now, again, why are we talking about this? We're going back to the post-flood event with Yahweh hanging a rainbow in the sky to, to be a, a sign of of an Olam covenant, okay? Yahweh informs Noah that this rainbow will be a reminder to himself, which is quite fascinating if you ask me, and he says this, when the rainbow is in the cloud, I will look at it, okay? Yahweh is, is informing Noah of this incredible fact 
when I see this rainbow, I'm going to remember that I created an Olam covenant with the people of earth, right? Humanity, post-flood humanity, okay? And so he says, I'm going to look at it to remember the everlasting Olam covenant between Elohim and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. Now that's verse 16. Everlasting here is, you guessed it, Olam. Okay, so Yahweh says, I'm making a covenant that is for all perpetual Olam generations. And then he says, when I see the sign in the clouds, I will remember, Yahweh's telling humanity, I will remember when I see that rainbow in the sky, my everlasting Olam covenant between himself and every living creature of all flesh that is on the entirety of the earth. Okay? So with this in mind, and here this is, if we can set a concrete block of foundation right here on my desk, this is it. Okay? Please pay attention. This will set precedence for everything we will talk about from this point on. This is very important. Okay? So with this in mind, most every reader of the scriptures would easily conclude that this covenant is still in place today. Correct? Do you believe, do you know anyone that doesn't believe <laughs> that the rainbow in the sky is a sign of an eternal, forever, perpetual covenant with humanity? Is it or is it not? We'll keep moving. I've never heard anyone say otherwise. Let's say that, okay? In my 50 years of life on this earth, in and out of Christendom and church and all these different things and different flavors and versions of everything, I've never heard any sermon at all warning us that this, this sign, the rainbow, the sign of the covenant that Father instated back in Noah's days has somehow expired and that, that we should be nervously watching for a coming flood. Have you ever heard anyone teach that doctrine? I've never heard that. I'm sure it exists because pretty much everything is available today. But I can't think of any presentation that says that here, Olam, for all perpetual generations, means it ended at some point between Noah and now. Okay? For all future generations, unending, eternal, Olam, in perpetuity, this covenant with man. And stated by Yahweh himself that he even promised, look, in case I forget, I'm putting this beautiful rainbow in the sky to be a reminder so that I see it say, oh yeah, not going to flood the earth again to that stage, to that, to that uh, magnitude ever again to judge the earth. A reminder for himself. So if this is true, and we've not heard anyone say that this olam expired, or is for someone else, most importantly, we really need to put our thumb on this. Because most of Christianity would say, we read commands, we read requirements, we read feasts and Sabbath, and we say, I don't say, but most of Christianity says, that is not for us. That was for a different generation. That was for a different people. Well, we're going to possibly allow the word of Elohim to shoot some holes in that. Um, theory um, as we move along here. 
I have to make my point. I've never heard anyone say that the rainbow and the covenantal promise of Yahweh in Genesis post flood was for someone else or is not applicable to us because, well, that's not who we are now in Jesus. No, hands down, sure thing. Any Christian you would ask is the rainbow of God placed in the sky by his own hand, painted in the sky, long before it attempted to be hijacked by movements in, in individuals today, I don't know of any one of them that say, well, that's not for me. That was, that was for Noah's sons. You know, like we hear about feasts and Sabbath, that was for the Jews. This, to make that fit this uh, mold that we're talking about here, you would have to say equally, well, that was for Noah and his sons, not for me. That's not applicable to me. That covenant, that sign, that olam um, for consideration. So why? If it's olam, if it's eternal, if it is forever, we must consider are we misappropriating this word when we read it in its entirety and in all of its appearances throughout the Older Testament? Now, I will quickly add this for your consideration. Now, now no one would want Yahweh to forget his covenant with Noah, and I believe thereby us, right? We would probably agree on that. There is a, a comfort, if you will. There is a, a peace of mind to know that I don't have to worry about the, the flood that covers the entire earth, that brings judgment upon the earth in that manner. I don't, I'm not looking for that. I'm not expecting that. Um, and we would say that we are glad that Yahweh instated this covenant, this promise. Let's just be simple, a promise, right? We want him to see his rainbow, and we want him to remember, right? Our our well-being is dependent upon his remembering, his keeping his olam perpetual covenant. Is that true? For all generations, I would say yes. So, what do we say then? Because we want Yahweh to look at the rainbow and remember, remember, I think that's Hebrew zakhar, I think it's zakhar. He, Yahweh, then commands us, in the Ten Commandments now, in the Ten Commandments, put Torah right over here. Remember the Sabbath. Zachar, I think. I might be wrong, and if I am, that's okay. But I know it says, remember the Sabbath. Okay? Why? Why, why, why? So that we do not forget what he has always done for his people. Right? <laughs> so we remember. The biblical wording is identical in both cases, okay? And we'll go more into this later. This is a big compartment of, of some ground we're going to cover here later as we continue on. So now that we've used, I believe, in just a basic foundational level, um, this covenant with Noah that Yahweh has made, that he instigated, and, and Noah's seed, his offspring, that would fill the earth, multiply, cover the earth, um, we've all descended from, from that command of of Go forth and multiply. It was the same um, command, of course, given to Adam and Eve. Is a, a, a reset of sorts that Yahweh did with the cleansing of the earth and all the mixing that was upon it. So let's move around the word a little bit with this foundational 
presentation, if you will, that we see in the Genesis account post-flood of Yahweh hanging a sign in the heavens to uh, be a signifier of a perpetual Olam covenant for all the people that would follow that event, okay? And we have to have that right here in the back seat of this car that we drive along here this whole time. And I'm going to keep trying to remind us um, as we move along. Now, Olam and Oath, okay, which is sign, they appear again in Genesis chapter 17. In verse 7, we see Yahweh once again creating a covenant with a man, okay? This time, the man is who? You already know, or you just guessed it, Abraham. And he tells Abraham this, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your seed after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant in order to be your Elohim and your seed's Elohim after you. So here we are again. We see a covenant being established, instigated by Yahweh, between himself and Abraham's seed, throughout their generations for an Olam covenant in order to be their Elo Abraham's Elohim and Abraham's seed's Elohim. Okay? This Olam covenant, perpetual, in, per in perpetuity, forever. Now, do we have to make this so much more confusing and say, okay, because we have to, we would have to add to the word of, of Elohim to make this make sense. Okay, so in Abraham, and see, you can't do this. I can't even make a, a, a mock scenario to make this presentation work. You would have to just twist the entire word of Elohim. We would have to say that when Yahweh spoke this Olam covenant to Abraham and his seed, that the preceding dispensation that Noah and his seed lived in and under and within, was nullified, replaced. Well, there's no allusion to that at all in the Word. There's no, okay, now that, now that Abraham is here and I am establishing him as the forefather of the nations, a man of faith and, and works, oh yeah, and I'm, gonna, I'm going to instate a new covenant now with him, and that new covenant will replace the, the, we'll call the Noahic covenant, because it was with Noah and his seed and his offspring, of the rainbow and the clouds and the, and the for all perpetual generations. We're, we're creating a new covenant now in the sense of forget the promise with the rainbow. Do you see that in the text anywhere, either right here or between the covenant with Noah and the covenant with Abraham? There is no... There is no alluding to whatsoever a replacement covenant. This dispensational nonsense makes everything so much more difficult because all we're trying to do is find out what God did for this group of people and this group of people and this group of people, and we're this group of people. What I am going to use the word, hopefully, to impress upon our hearts is the fact that Olam is an umbrella. Olam is a huge covering that, that embodies all of Yahweh's endeavors to covenantally join himself with humanity so that he can have a people. Okay? That's the goal here. Now I'm off my notes. We're talking Genesis chapter 17. 
He's gonna. He Yahweh is is throughout the generations of Abraham's seed. He's he's establishing an everlasting Olam covenant. Okay, so we have to stop and ask immediately, right right here early, are we in Messiah, Abraham's seed? In Jesus, we don't say Jesus, but in Jesus Christ, in the Son of Elohim, Son of God, are we? Abraham's seed. I mean, we have to really, well, we are, but we're, no, we can't do that. We can't. Do you have the seed of Abraham's promises before you or presently part of you in Jesus, in Messiah? Do you, are you within the covenantal blessings to Abraham's seed now in Messiah? Okay. Are we the prophesied offspring of this father of faith, Abraham? If so, if we are, what do we do with the covenant that Yahweh established for all of Abraham's seed in Genesis chapter 17? This everlasting Olam covenant. Again, we, 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 we have clearly explained, I believe, in the first 27 minutes of this already. It is perpetual. It is eternal. It is forever like the covenant made with Noah about not flooding the earth again. Identical words. Identical um, insinuation. That's not even that. It's, it's clear as black and white. Now, although most Christians today don't, don't really understand this, I did not understand this myself at all. Um, and many don't want to talk about it. They don't want to tackle this subject at all. Many are very just, I mean, staunch in the ground, unmovable about this, but we have to bring it up um, because I would say that we've not understood Shaul Paul's writings towards this, and we have to use the word to uh, speak truth and not our interpretations of it that we've been handed. Just like there was a sign of, there was this oath the sign of the Olam. There was this oath of the Olam. Likewise, this came through Abraham and his seed. There was an oath for Olam. Okay? If I can explain this well. The rainbow was, is, is a sign for this covenant. Okay? And if we only allow the word of Elohim to speak... The exact same words used for the rainbow and the covenant we find towards Abraham, and I would say us, his seed, his offspring, circumcision. If you need to change the channel now and go watch, you know, somebody doing something more fun, you're free to do that. If you can if you want to know the truth though, and only what the word says and not our opinions, please engage and continue. At least listen to what I'm going to present. Because the word alone, only the word of Elohim matters, not our opinion. Mine doesn't mean anything. So for, for one of the several rainbow connections, if you know what I'm saying, that we'll make in this series, we have to keep reading a few verses after we hear of this Olam covenant with Abraham. Okay, Because we see this. This is um, verse 11 of chapter 17. And you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin. And it shall be the sign, the oath, of the covenant 
between me and you. Friend, listen to what I'm saying. Listen to what the Word's saying. Listen to what the Word's saying. In Genesis, after the flood, Yahweh creates an Olam covenant with all of humanity with a sign of the covenant. Okay? When he sees that sign, he remembers his covenant. Okay? Here we have this man called Abram changed into Abraham. He is this man of faith, the father of faith. All the nations are going to flow out of his seed, and here they come. What happens? A covenant was established with Abraham and his seed, an Olam covenant. And what do we see here as an oath, a sign, in chapter 17, verse 11? Circumcision of your flesh will be a sign that you look at, and I would say Yahweh himself looks at and says, you know what? I remember my covenant. He, he, that man, excuse me, excuse me, excuse me, Gentiles, excuse me, this man remembers my covenant with Abraham, the father of many nations. This is powerful, friend, if you'll give yourself to it. This is incredibly awesome stuff, I believe. Let's keep moving. As I said, we're going to go long on these parts. Here we have to tackle this part next. Many people, like myself still in many ways, and like my whole Christian life before, we have identity issues. <laughs> identity, con identity concerns um, that Shaul Paul understood uh, very well, as we see in Galatians chapter 3, verses 7 through 9. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. Who are the sons of Abraham? Those of faith. Okay? Let's just keep... Again, let's not overcomplicate this. Well, dispensation, dis, but, 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 but. No, let's just read the word. Let's just look at sign, olam. Sign, olam. Let's just look at what the Word says. Paul knew this. Galatians 3, 7, 8, and 9. Know then that it is those of faith who are the sons of Abraham. And the Scripture, what's the Scripture that he said is profitable for teaching and all these things? It's the Torah and the prophets. And the Scripture, foreseeing that Elohim would justify the Gentiles by faith... Okay, so here the Gentiles come into the faith, and they become those of faith, and those of faith are the sons of Abraham. These Gentiles that would be justified by faith preach the gospel, foreseeing this. Yahweh preached the gospel beforehand to Abraham. The gospel was preached to Abraham, saying, "...in you shall all the nations be blessed." So then, those who are of faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So, friend, let me ask this question again. Do you, as a Christian, receive the blessings of Abraham, the man of faith? Do you, in Jesus, receive the blessings that were covenantally olam, perpetual, in perpetuity, forever promised by Yahweh himself for Abraham's seed, which Paul tells us in Galatians 9 are those of faith. 
Well, all you need, you don't need works. You don't need works. You just need to have faith in Jesus. Well, this says faith in Jesus, faith in Messiah. Those who have faith, those of faith are the sons of Abraham. <laughs> and these, what? Are in the covenantal expectation of having an oath, a sign of the Olam covenant, circumcision, <laughs> perpetual. Are, are the blessings of Abraham's seed forever? Are they Olam? Oh, yes and amen. Oh, the man of faith. Man of faith. Okay. All of it. Is all of it. Or only Yah- is only Yahweh's covenantal side of the Olam, perpetual ways, still intact, but not our requirements of covenant? Covenant requires two parties, friends. We talk about that all the time here. Now, this identity revelation continues in verses 28 and 29. We're just going to keep reading. There is, this is where Shaul says this, There's neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male or female, for you are all one in Yeshua Messiah. And if you are Messiahs, then you are Abraham's offspring. Oh, yes and amen. Abraham's offspring, man of faith. Here we are again. Heirs according to promise. What was the promise? What was the promise? The Olam covenant for all of Abraham's seed and a sign of those entering into the covenant of being Abraham's seed and thereby receiving the covenantal promises as being an heir. Circumcision, the oath, the here, let's make it. I'll make this as third grade as I know how the rainbow of the covenant made with Abraham is on a man's body. Well, circumcision of the heart, circumcision of the heart. Friend, we have, we, we, are we looking for excuses? Or are we looking for what the word of Elohim says stands as truth? Everywhere around me right now, I will say anything to many, many people. And the very first thing is, that can't be true, can't be true, impossible, can't be true. Well, friends, we're just stuck. We, are, we will never move past our current level of understanding in that approach and in that mentality. May that be, be broken off of us and may we be free of that bondage is what it is. It's just bondage and pride and arrogance. What if we're wrong? Big deal. If it leads us to truth, who cares? <laughs> do we want truth or do we want to be right? So we have to ask, what are the covenantal requirements that are olam, perpetual, that we are responsible for, that we are responsible for. Because this says that you shall be circumcised in the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a sign, an oath, of the covenant that is perpetual and olam between me and you, says Yahweh Elohim, for Abraham's seed. So, what is the sign that we are within the promise. What is it? Oh, it's, it's, it's all here. It's all right here. God knows my heart. God knows my heart. I have such a hard time with these things because it's just it's this cyclical pattern of, of, of just ignorance that we all have in different increments. I'm ignorant towards a million things, probably four million. 
But we've got to break this off, man. Father's got to break these religious strongholds off of us here in this evangelical Christian mindset that we have been handed. It's so strong. The Hebrew word used in both instances, okay, to make this, we're, we're taking this as far as the word will, will allow us. Noah and the rainbow and Abraham and circumcision, oath or token, token is another word for oath, the sign. This specific word is used as an outward sign that one is rightly joining himself with the established Olam covenant the perpetual and eternal one that Yahweh instated. It is a sign. It is a marker. It is a token. Okay? The exact same words are in both texts about Yahweh covenantally joining himself with individuals, men, humanity, to be clear. Okay? Now, this is surely not a circumcision teaching but we do need to read the scriptures for what they say and make the connections when it's just crystal clear when we study, not merely look through a skewed lens of what we've been told. Um, so let's just look at sign for a few more moment, few more minutes. Um, first mention are the lights in the heavens. Okay, Yahweh creates everything and the earth and the sky and all these heavens and all this stuff, and they are for what these signs? This oath are for Moed, Moedim, seasons days and years. They are visible markers. I'm trying to make a point. They, the luminaries, are visible markers of Yahweh's creative ways. He, again, is the instigator of all these, what, tove things, good, wonderful things. His ways are wonderful. They are visible markers. This is, again, I'm trying to give us visual comparisons. They, the luminaries, the, the, the sun, moon, and stars, one of the things they are for is to be an oath, a sign of what? Yahweh's wonderful, wonderful creation, a reminder of like, oh, Father's ways are perfect. He is incredible. His mighty acts among men are as the, as the skies at night. Incredible, right? Just like the rainbow, just like circumcision, scripturally, they are signs, okay? These signs are also to remind us of what Yahweh did in the midst of the Egyptians in order to demonstrate what? His authority. Again, outward signs reveal something greater. In this sense, we're talking covenants, okay? It is a signal, a sign, a token, to use the word clear, clearly, of something being established between Yahweh and men. Now, we're going to move on and get back to Olam more specifically here. We're going to look at Exodus chapter 15, verse 18. And this is known as the Song of Moses, and it's about to conclude here where, we're, where we will pick up and read just one small text. And it says this, Yahweh shall reign forever and ever. Okay? Yahweh will reign forever and ever. Now, this, of course, his reign, his rule is Olam. Okay? Now, here we are. We're, we're trying to just take this word Olam and we're trying to just blast it all over the wall in endless examples of is this true or not? As we went back to the beginning, is Olam forever in perpetuity or not? As we see, Exodus 15 
Yahweh shall reign forever and ever. Okay. Is this true for all generations or just for a designated people and designated time period? Or, well, this is ridiculous, right? Of course Yahweh shall reign forever. He shall reign Olam. Of course, it would be juvenile for us to even discuss that that came to an end at some dispensation. No, it never ended. It never will end. It just looked a little different here, and a little different here, and a little different here, and a little different there, right? Do you, that right there to me is the grand slam of this whole presentation. We should probably just stop right here. Yahweh's Olam rule and reign is Olam. It is forever. It is perpetual. It is in perpetuity. What? Throughout all generations. Do we need to say, well, it's different now for us than it was for Abraham, and it's different now for us as Christians as it was for Noah, and it's different for us now on... Why do we need to do that? We do that with every every other idea that's presented in biblical um, studies. But what if we just took this and we threw this as a blanket over everything we're talking about, which is what I said earlier with the umbrella. It's Olam. It's forever for all generations. I don't care what's going on. It is a sure thing. Yahweh shall reign forever, right? Is this for all generations or just for a certain time period in people? Again, I'm desiring to establish the biblical pattern for Father's covenantal promises for his people. They're just like who he is. These are in perpetuity. This is a sure thing. This is a done deal. Again, it may look different as it goes through the ages, even as we hit Yeshua, of course, not just this new upheaval, and now there's a new church born, which is the Catholic doctrine we've all inherited in evangelical Christianity. No, it's just looking a little different right now. We are fulfilling, and we'll get that at the very end, about Ezekiel and Jeremiah, and these, these promises made of this new covenant. It is, it is today's version, this generation's version of the Olam reality. Just like Yahweh shall reign forever, just like that, we now are in this covenantal timeline of Olam, Father's perpetual ways, promises, and invitations to come into covenant with him. Okay? I need another drink. The word Olam appears incredibly often throughout the book of Exodus. 31 verse 16, for example. Therefore, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant for how long? Forever. Forever, friends. Forever. 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 Can we keep repeating that? And guess what happens now? Right immediately after this Sabbath Olam, this perpetual Sabbath in perpetuity forever, in, in Yahweh's set-apart, holy, consecrated people, the very next verse we see oath again. And this time... It's right, it's right alongside Olam. Just like the rainbow, just like circumcision, Sabbath is an oath Olam. Okay? 
Yahweh states this, verse 17, It, Sabbath, is a sign, an oath, forever. It is an oath, olam, between me, Yahweh says, and the people of Israel, that in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day rested and was refreshed. I love biblical patterns. Yahweh has made it clear through this mysterious, miraculous word of things he wants us to know. And he wants us to what? Remember. Remember. Hmm. These things are incredible. Now, speaking of patterns, Olam is all over the feasts of Yahweh. And for just a couple examples of the, of the many, because there are a ton of them, let's brief, briefly look at Day of Atonement. We'll just grab one out and look at it for a minute. In Leviticus chapter 16, starting verse 29, it says this, And it shall be a statue to you, Olam. It shall be a statue to you forever. Forever. <laughs> that in the seventh month, on the tenth day of the month, you shall afflict your souls yourselves, and you shall do no work, either the native or the stranger who sojourns among you. We're going to hit on this here in just a moment, but like that's everybody. Okay, that's within the people of Elohim where they geographically were located. Okay, for on this day shall atonement be made for you to cleanse you. You shall be clean before Yahweh from all your sins. It is a Sabbath of solemn rest to you, and you shall afflict yourselves. It is a statute for how long? Olam. It is a statute forever for Yahweh's covenant people, friend. For his covenantal people, it is forever. <laughs> now, we see this also in the feasts. Um, continuing on, the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Now this day shall be a memorial to you, and you shall celebrate it as a feast to Yahweh. Throughout your generations, you are to celebrate it as a permanent olam ordinance. Okay, this is Exodus chapter 12, verse 14. So a memorial, a memorial is what? It's a remembering, it's a calling to mind. And you shall celebrate it. It's a celebration to be remembered. It is a feast to Yahweh throughout your generations as a permanent, forever, olam ordinance. Now three verses later, in order to make sure we remember Right now, we see this again, because again, we're a forgetful people, so it's in here twice. You shall keep this day, okay, this day, Feast of Unleavened Bread, throughout your generations as a permanent olam ordinance. It's verse 17. Now, if we keep reading, we see the same wording is also found about Passover. And you shall keep this word as an ordinance for you and your children, olam, forever. In verse 24. So, as one considers whether statutes such as these, memorials, feasts, and whether or not they're for us, and we try to navigate that if we're not clear yet, what does the Word say? What does the Word say? Again, identity is such a big deal here. Have we in any way been guilty of adopting, of adopting permanent and perpetual blessings, blessings, Covenantal promises that are for Father's people, Olam, yet we do not do our part of the covenantal responsibility. 
I'm going to ask this question. What if the entire body of Messiah right now started to walk in the olam that we can do today as much as possible? Instead of looking for ways out of our part of the covenant in perpetuity. Circumcision. Uh, Grab a Bible, verse, verse, verse. Don't have to do it, don't have to do it, don't have to do it, don't have to do it. Sabbath. Don't have to do it, don't have to do it, don't have to do it. Sabbath rest. Feast. Feast. Don't don't do it. Not me. Not not a Jew. Not a Jew. What if we stop doing that? This is my hope in this. That anyone might watch it and consider. What if we stop doing that and start saying, you know what? Maybe I've been living a Christian life that has been boasting about the finished work reality that made me a covenantal member of Yahweh's family via the cross. And I'm I'm taking all of the goodies out of it. I'm taking all the blessing, all the covenantal promises. Me, 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 me. But in Jesus, I don't have to do anything. Friend, that is not at all what the entirety of the word of Elohim says. As we have already covered in 51 minutes and 40 seconds. However long we've been talking, I don't know. Let's go ahead and make this part one. What are we talking about? Olam. In perpetuity. Forever. Continuous. For all generations. Covenantal promises. For covenantal people. So friend, where are you today? We're going to move into part two next of this series as we examine this mysterious, awesome, incredible word in Hebrew about perpetuity and forever, for all generations, Olam. Come back for part two. Amen.